Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark coming to you from the fantasy and rugby league heartland of Australia, Queensland, and Ryan stuck down there in Germany, New South Wales. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> how are you? How are you going, mate? You got your uh, your biohazard suit out? Yeah, All mate, I got the... have deserted you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've uh, I've got my I've, I've been uh, watching Doomsday Preppers, so I've been starting to get some advice um, okay. as to what I should be doing. But I'm I'm ready to watch uh, the QRL this weekend. Yep. Well, you know, Resident Evil is another good one if you're looking for something, you know, similarly to what's happening in New South Wales at the moment. Um, but um, mate, uh, you know, I don't want to rub it in. I'm up here in sunny Queensland. It's beautiful weather. All the footies on. Um, I can drive an hour and a half and get to three different stadiums that are going to be footy, which I guess you Sydney people are used to with all your your football teams down there. But um, yeah, we'll uh, well hopefully Queensland at once again. Queensland will be the saviors of rugby league, and we'll uh, we'll keep it chugging through to the end of the year. Uh, mate, uh, speaking of Queensland rugby league, uh, we start off with a game that actually features a Queensland team rather than a team that just wishes they were based in Queensland, which is Gold Coast Titans and the Parramatta Eels. So, mate, uh, assuming that this these guys, and you know, actually, uh, as an overarching point before we get stuck into the teams, did you find it interesting today how many origin players were named to back up? Does it seem to me like it's more than normal? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It seems like everybody's yeah. basically named, um, unlike round fourteen where no one was named. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just I thought it was just a bit odd that yeah, like literally everybody's named to back up, which I, I it's uh you know normally they there's a couple of people that are just blatantly left out, but it doesn't seem to be happening this year. Maybe because the comp's so sort of you know the the top two you know they're neck and neck, and then the the, the race for the four and the race for the eight's really close, so. Uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll see end. what happens. Yeah, for we sure. Are, we're getting down we to the end, so maybe um, that's why. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, mate, the quality fantasy teams are coming down the, the straight, you know, storming past the pretenders. <laughs> of, uh, I think I've gone up 15,000 ranks in the last four weeks or five weeks or something like that. So I'm firmly entrenched in the top 10,000 now, and we're uh, – we're on fire down to the end. But, uh, mate, speaking of teams that are on fire, pretty sure the last time we saw the Titans, they were winning very unexpectedly and maybe it was so long ago. Yeah, they beat the Raiders 44-6. to six. So I've just <laughs> had a look. Um, mate, uh, is, could I convince you not to put the captaincy on David Fafita this week? Uh, I mean, I've had it stuck on him since uh, since lockout ended, so I, I don't think so. I think I'm going to be pretty happy going against... Uh, Against going against the Raiders this week. Oh, sorry, the Eels this week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to have to think. Basically, and, the and same no origin. Team. Yeah, basically, and uh, no origin to bat what to worry about. He's had a nice uh, week off, so you have to think he's yep. fresh and ready to bust some tackles. Yep, absolutely. And you know, uh, on the opposite side of that coin, who's somebody who isn't? Well, he's fresh, but he's not ready to bust any tackles, which is Tyrone Peachy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just stick the boot into uh to all the owners uh, yeah. that are tearing their hair out right now. Um, I yep. see Mitch Raines the fifteen uh, minute. <laughs> oh yeah, the fifteen minutes in at hooker. I see Mitch Raines lurking down in twenty two. So obviously he's just there for purely for Tino playing Origin and and uh, yeah, you know he's not injured. He is available if they want to use him, and it doesn't seem like he's in their top twenty one at the moment. So yeah. 
Yeah, well, I guess... Probably say features are still currently based if this role is going to continue. Mate, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, from a footy perspective, it really makes sense to have Peachy as a utility because he is a utility. That's his position. He was playing well, but the Gold Coast Titans weren't winning when he was playing at lock. You know, they had to try something, and they won last week with Peachy barely on the field. So, you know, maybe that tells you something. I don't know. I always mm-hmm. thought Peachy was pretty good, but obviously um, they've gone with the the size uh, option here with uh, Fotoeka, Tino, and Jared Wallace all starting. And then they've got Joloff, Lasone, and and two more forwards on the bench in Peachy and Fermor. I guess uh, it's, it is bad news. And, I mean, I'm the same as you. But, I mean, like for teams that have three, four, five trades left, uh, mm. is Peachy's situation really that dire? I mean, where's your cutoff for trading? Like, you know, I... I I'd be I'm I'm kind of glad I don't have him because I like I'd have Brian Kelly, Peachy, and Gagai for example, and I wouldn't know like whether I should be playing Brian Kelly or Peachy, which is not what you paid for for a a 600k center. Yeah, for certain. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I guess I was just maybe thinking about not in my situation. I guess not everyone's in a luxurious position to have trades. Uh, mm. How uh, many trades do you actually have? Is it eleven? Yeah, I've got 11 before I do anything this week, but I'll be making two this week for sure. That is beautiful. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty set for the head-to-head finals. I'm ready for the run home. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's certainly a tough position for anyone that's, um, you know, stuck with Peachy now with stuff all trades. You'd have to hope you've at least mm. got some decent center cover. But, um, yeah, I guess the outlook's not too great. No. I mean, really from this Titans team, and we're getting to the pointy end now, as you rightly point out, which means we really want to be looking at guys that are final team keepers. And essentially it's David Feeder as a captaincy option and uh, Fogarty as an option, uh, although he seems to be still at 3.6% of Fantastic Pod, averaging almost 55 this year. Uh, we thought he would sort of slow down, or I did, with the, the tough schedule, but he kind of seems to be not really interested in slowing down that much. Um, I think maybe it's just a case of that this, yeah, I don't know, this uh, the schedule that he's actually got, he's, he's still somehow performing. But I guess it does mm. it does toughen up a, a little bit towards, you know, head-to-head finals where he's got the rabbits in the storm. Um, so maybe he's we did just get Yeah, you know, but like you, I guess you look at him and go, oh, 40-something as his floor or 40 mm. as a floor. You know, you can do a lot worse there. Yeah, no, certainly. Yep. Uh, on the heel side of the ball, it's basically Moses and then the two back rowers uh, and, and the return of Reed Marnie, who's going to feature in our discussions today. Uh, so I believe he's one of the players that you're looking at bringing in. So, mate, I'll let you lead us through Reed. Yeah, well, I mean, this this bench is certainly encouraging. I guess the worry with Reed was that is Joey Lusick going to be in the 17 and sitting on the, sitting on that mm. bench. But I guess now that he's had, you know, upwards of a month off, um, he's, he's probably fresh and ready to go now going into the uh, going into the finals. So um, I think yep. it's likely that he's going to maintain an 80-minute role uh, for up until maybe those last couple of weeks. We might see Lusick come back into the side just before finals, you know, give him a bit of a breather. But I think over the next, um, you know, six weeks, he's, he's going to be maintaining that 80-minute role and, as anyone who owned him at the beginning of the season, I wasn't one of the lucky few, but um, we saw how good his form is. He's really improved his game this year. And even when he was playing, you know, 70 minutes, he was still scoring 
uh, you know, no well, way like better than Braley has do, has done in eighty minutes recently. So um, I, I think yeah. he's a final team keeper, and with with uh, the uh, few hookers around, I think you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, the addition of the kick meters for a hooker is is just absolutely massive, and and the running game as well. You know, like he's he's cons- pretty consistently using his running game. And there's a couple of games there where he, he didn't really get off the mark, but. You know, as a general rule, he's sort of 30, 40, 50 or, you know, more metres plus, you know, getting the 50-odd kick metres. It all sort of adds in to the, to the base there. And, like, it, the, the only thing that worries me looking at him is 11, 12, 13, he didn't play 80 minutes in either of those games. And I wonder, is the plan for him not to play 80 minutes? Uh, we know that the Eels have mucked around with, you know, sticking Gutho in hooker for 10 minutes in attack and, sort of, you know, just passing the ball out. They've got those guys that can, can handle the ball there. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I, I did investigate that. Like in, in round 11 and 12, Joey Lusick was on the bench. So he was coming on and pinching 10 yep. minutes at the end there. Round 13 was when he got okay. injured. So that's that's why right. he came off for the last 13. Um, but no, yeah. it's, it's certainly a concern. Like even Bryce Cartwright's on the bench. He could play hooker. Like that is a concern. Um, I'm, I'm just willing to bet against it, I'd say. Yep. No, fair enough. Because um, I mean, we've got three guys in that price bracket uh, that are hookers, being Egan, Marnie, and Coruscant, Uh and they've all got options. Weirdly, Egan seems to be the one with the the most safe role. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to be deviating out of that eighty minutes anymore. Yeah, yeah, so, that is. Um, uh, I mean, that it's is weird. Funny. I was a bit twelve months late on my uh, Wade Egan tip as well. <laughs> I um, I was predicting him as a breakout last year. Got absolutely rubbished in the Facebook group, and uh, here we are, twelve months later, with him being an absolute jet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man before my time, obviously. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, though, we sort of don't really. I mean, uh, obviously, this uh, four forward bench is probably bad news for Papa and Maddo. Uh, so I guess we'll have to see what happens there, because you know, all the Madison analysts finally. Uh, got a little bit of confidence and they've been, it was always going to be either Reed or the back rowers was going to be in a bad spot. Uh, so it's looking like it's the back rowers, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, and I mean, Moses is going to be interesting to see if he backs up after his origin debut. Um, as we sort of mentioned a couple of times, uh, we've heard that it's actually easier to back up after two days. So and it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I certainly wouldn't be relying on him to back up. That's for sure though. Yeah, certainly. And they got uh, Jacob Arthur there lurking in 21. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance, but uh, who knows? You can't predict these things. Yep. Uh, speaking of backing up from Origin, Tom Turbo's named for Manly, which I think has taken everybody by surprise. Uh, also, Schuster's back on in the back row, which is uh, an interesting move considering how well Lawton's been playing, who goes back to the bench. Uh, no signs of Gerbo and DC is named to back up as usual. Uh, so, I mean, coming to the business end, it's it's Turbo, Cherry, and, you know, maybe Schuster. Um, Tapao's kind of just floating along there, but he's uh, a rung below those uh, guns, I would think. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. Honestly, I'd, the only two players in this team I'd be looking at are Turbo and Cherry. Um, I'm pretty happy. You know, like Schuster's obviously got that uh, very valuable dual position, but uh, I mean, I, I think we were saying on the, on this podcast about a month ago that he was a sell, if not longer. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I, his ownership's certainly gone down, but I'm sure there's still a few people that have held on. Yep. Um, 
on the other side of the ball, we've got the uh, the dragons who have managed to find the way they out from under the bed. Uh, Sloan's named with Dufty dropping out. Uh, Hunt's named to back up, and uh, Debellin named at prop with Jackson Ford making his return at lock uh, with Maguire on the bench. I have to imagine they're going to run out one to seventeen here, judging by the looks. I sort of can't see anything obvious with, um, I mean, Sullivan. Kloon coming in for Hunt if he doesn't back up. I'm kind of, I just half expected Hunt to not be named at all, but I guess the Dragons are one of the teams that are in that pinch for the eight. Um, and, um, you know, maybe they're hoping Turbo isn't going to play or DCE isn't going to play as well. So, I mean, that might hinge on that as well. Uh, I guess a big talking point from this Dragons team, because the two guys that are really fantasy relevant here is Ben Hunt and Andrew McCulloch. Hmm. I'm, worried without it being urgently worried about McCulloch. Um, mm. where, are you, do you have him? You've got him, haven't you? Yeah, I've had him since day dot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I'm, I'm, he's like one of those ones I'm a little bit concerned about, but at the same time, like, he's not by any means an urgent worry. Like, he's still putting up, mm. you know, 50s uh, with the occasional low 40. Like, it's... It's not all panic signs, and like obviously, I, I guess the biggest panic is um, Josh McGuire stealing minutes. But uh, like you know, he's yeah. got a one-game suspension to sit coming up probably next week. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's he's one of those ones. If you've got luxury trades where you can move him on, um, I mean, he's, it probably wouldn't be bad. But at the same time, like if you're down to like four trades or less, like I'd be holding. Yeah. All right. So here's a question for you, Andrew McCulloch to read Marnie. How many mm. points worth of upgrade is that? I'd, I'd I'd probably say oh, maybe 10. 10 points? Based on McCulloch's current role, like of playing 70 minutes. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing that's worrying me. I'm looking at, so from round nine onwards, which is about where Maguire turned up, mm. 67 minutes, 64 minutes, played the entire game against the Sharks, played the entire game against the Tigers, 77, 70 minutes, 80 minutes against the Raiders, and 75 minutes. So... He's pretty consistently having somewhere between 15 and five minutes stolen from him with the exception of a couple of games. I think what we'll find is those 80 minute games, there was probably somewhere else where someone got injured and he would, and he only stayed on because Maguire was sort of asked to do extra minutes in the forward pack type of thing. Yeah. And, and so, like Maguire, um, yeah, Maguire I mean, also had that suspension too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see, how that all sort of forms up. I'm just, I'm really looking at, looking at something like even McCulloch to Arpy, who I think is going to be a, an upgrade even as well. So just to sort of give myself a little nudge, uh, I kind of want to go for broke at the moment. And McCulloch just seems to be like a bit of a plotter in my team. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a safe floor at the very least. <laughs> yeah. But safe floors when you're coming, you know, well outside the top 500, a safe floor is not necessarily a good thing. So, mm. you know, we want to, you know, give it a give it a shake. So, I'll uh, I'll I'll agonise over that for the next couple of days and make a decision. I'd say. Um, Raiders, uh, the big, uh, I guess the really fantasy relevant guy here is Corey Harawira Naira, um, and mm. he's kind of coming up to the point now where we got to decide whether he's a final team player or not. He mm. seems to be leaning more towards the not at the moment. Last three average of 50, though. So, I mean, you know, 
back rowers score tries. Uh, he got 58 with a try and then 46 and 48, which is nothing to be upset about, but it's certainly not um, setting the world on fire. No, yeah, he's um, he's really that awkward sort of category. Um, you know, he's still averaging, what, like 52 for the year, I think. Um, yeah, 52 for the year currently. So, look, it's it's not all bad. Uh, I mean, if it was between, like, if, if you could somehow, like, get him as your 18th man, like, you'd be super happy. Um, but mm. at the same time, like, he, yeah, he's sort of in, like, that, like, Luciano type of category where, you know, he's very like inconsistent like obviously we know he relies on tackle busts and stuff so you're not going to get that every game and um it probably doesn't help the Raiders aren't in red hot form no well let me ask you this if you could keep one of McCulloch or Harawira Naira which one would you keep I'd probably keep Harawira Naira honestly yeah all right um and really keeper wise and and I mean we've got Hodgson there who seems to be you know, scoring really, really well. And, I mean, Papali's uh, probably a tier below in the Tapao bracket, I'd say. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, Hodgson's got one score under 50 since he's gone back to playing 80 minutes, I think. is That's right from memory. Yeah, that is right. So, um, you know, 63, 59, 62, 37 against the Titans and then, seven, and then 64. Uh, he seems to be doing a lot of... Uh, kicking and, and running the ball as in that sort of lock role. He didn't really uh, get pressed too much, only made, you know, negative four in demerits. Uh, but he's uh, certainly an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, interesting is the word, isn't it? Um, and we know he loves to uh, go after the ball and, and pinch it like a pickpocket. So he does get those uh, turnovers, uh, four-pointers occasionally. So that's definitely in his favour. Um, that said, I'd... I'd probably have him a rung below, uh, you know, the other three options we're all looking at this week. But look, yeah. if you're if you're short on cash, then hey, yeah, yeah, if, if that's it. Like, I wouldn't get upset if if you said to me, "Oh, look, I can't quite afford RPO and I want to get Hodgson." I wouldn't say he's a bad option. No, yeah, just wouldn't be your first choice, yeah. would he? No, I mean, Rapana's also got to a point where he's an interesting price for a dual. You know, wing fullback, centre, nineteenth man. You know, c- plays in a pinch type of guy. He seems to be sort of the best. Him and Farby, Herbie Farmworth are in that same price bracket now. Is that if you're looking, if you're in the market for that type of player, uh, he's an interesting one. But I mean, I certainly wouldn't be. Uh, but I wouldn't be making my team decisions based on getting him in. It would just be a. Uh, it it suits nicely. So, I recommended him to one of our interns, Rob, today. Because uh, he's got Suwali sitting there stinking it up in his emergencies. Is so, that where that came from? He, he sent me a screenshot with his trade and had Rapanda in. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Uh, Sharky's side of the ball, it's basically the Sean Johnson show. Uh, Jesse Ramian, obviously, is a, an interesting centre option. Probably more for those that already have him than anyone looking to buy him at the moment. Although, I mean... If you got Avarillo, you you know it's a hundred k back in your pocket to do something else, or Matt Burton. Um, yeah. It's an awkward one. Yeah, I mean he's he's probably a keeper center, but at the same time, like the centers are just pretty unreliable. I mean, as far as centers go, he's probably one of the more reliable ones that are actually out there. But um, yeah, I mean he's an option, isn't he? Mm. He seems to have a high floor, high ceiling. Mm. Uh, but he sort of hits the floor more than the ceiling. Mm. 
Does that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, no, Kind of a bit like McCulloch, sense. you know, like McCulloch's like 40 to 55 and you know what you're going to get, but then he, he, you know, one in a hundred games, he'll plunge over a dummy half and get a 70, but, you know, you're not, you know, you're not, uh, it's not 30s and 80s, it's it's 40 or 50. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, Tolman is in the same bracket with DePau, Papali, that sort of guy's just fringe, not quite where you want her to be. You're looking at the Haas, Tamalolos, you know, in that in that racket. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, brings us on to the next game, which pretty much from the Cowboys is Tamalolos, the only one that you want to be having a look at. Uh, so he's come back to form as predicted by the fantasy amateurs last week. <laughs> just too good you are. Yeah, mate. All, um, all no, over the Lolo. No, I was I, I just I was waiting for the the numbers to sort of correct themselves, and and that's what happened. Obviously, he had a nice line break in there, but Tomalolo does that. I wasn't expecting him to do it against the Rabbitohs, if I'm being honest. Uh, seven tackle busts and 188 meters is nice signs. It's not quite the heights that we could see him get to, but I mean, you know, 60 and 57 and 68 in 58 the last two weeks. Um, you know, you'd have to be pretty happy as a Tomalolo owner. And, I mean, people have highlighted the Roosters and Storm matchups coming up. Uh, have the Roosters been a defensive powerhouse? Did I miss that, where they turned no. into a defensive powerhouse this year? Yeah, the, I don't think the Roosters are a hard matchup anymore, um, honestly. Yeah. Like, like they're obviously not an easy matchup, but at the same time, like, they're going to concede points. They're not the... They're not the team they were at round one, and for obvious reasons. Like, there's been a ton of injuries. They're just, yeah, just not the same team. Um, and, look, I don't think there's any reason why Lolo can't score well again uh, against yeah. them. Um, I, I just think with middles now, uh, in, particularly this season, like, and I think Haas is probably the same, that, like, these these big games are a little bit fewer and far between. Like, I think you can probably pencil yeah. them in for, like, a safe one PPM type of, like, every week type of thing. Um, you're just not going to see Haas doing, like, the – the 80 and 60 minutes like he used to do every single week anymore, I don't think. Yeah. No, I think Tamalolo is probably safe for uh, 55 to 60 minutes for the same amount of points type mm. average. Um, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't be, you know, I heard, I was listening to the um, Talking League pod on Monday morning on my way to work and they were saying 65 or I think it was Corby. Like that's pretty ambitious for me. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I'm a Lolo stan. I think 55 is 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 right on the money. So, uh, I mean, and I mean, at 627k, how many guys can you buy that are going to average 55 with upside into the 60s? As, as you're the resident Cowboys fan, could you like explain to me though, like why mm. is Peyton taking Lolo off when they're in the game? Like trying to like obviously manage his minutes because he's there for 10 years. But then, like keeping them on when they're down by thirty with like fifteen minutes to go. Can you can you explain that? Because the fans want to see him. Oh, okay, right. The fans want to see him, mate. They're paying. Yeah, you got to get your money's worth while you got to like. You don't want to lose by forty. That makes you look incompetent if you. Uh, you If he looks like he's thinking about what he's doing, right? That's 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 the answer. So, Uh, mate, the reality is the Cowboys are not a good team this year. Uh, no, they're not. As much as I try to will them to be, uh, they're just not there. So, although I think this team is probably one of the better lineups I've seen for the year. Uh, so, it'll actually, I think it'll be the first time they've had their first choice 17 all available and on the field. But uh, I don't think that's going to help them 
uh, against you know the two guys who are the the gun keepers in this other team, which is Crichton and Tedesco. Um, I've seen a lot of people sort of saying uh, Tedesco is not a gun elite fantasy option this year, and I think those people are going to be really rudely surprised uh, from like sort of round 19, 20 onwards, Um, maybe this week uh, if he backs up. uh, Obviously the Cowboys' defense is porous. (laughs) That's that's the nicest way I can say it. It's it's porous. So, I mean, you know, Tedesco could, could score 100 this week and I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but, you know, the Roosters always come good at the end of the year. They do have some tough matchups to come as well. But, I mean, uh, Robbo knows how to get his team up for finals. So uh, I wouldn't be worried about him. And, um, I mean, Crichton is is doing great things and, and I'm glad that he's not starting Origins. He should be good to go to back up, you would think. Uh, although I, I am curious... Uh, Mate, on a scale of one to ten, because you own this player, mm-hmm. how angry are you at Sam Verrills at the moment? Oh, look, um, <laughs> I'm certainly not happy, but I wouldn't say I'm angry. Like, I'm not playing him in my seventeen, and like he's take like if I had bought him last week, I, I wouldn't really be that angry because like you sort of knew what you were getting. You're not buying cash cows at this time of the year. I bought him in round two, hoping for a cash cow that was due back in round three. And I've gotten a guy that's made about 50K in uh, four months. So, um, look, <laughs> I'm a little bit more annoyed than others, perhaps. But at this point, he's going to sit in number 20 and, like, he's a 30-point break glass in, in, in the absolute worst case. And I'm sure he'll have a game eventually where he does something good, like get some attack. I was going to say, is he going to score a try for that 30, is he? <laughs> You just love sticking the boot in, don't you? I do. I've got to get my joy. Everyone was sticking the boot into me all year about Cleary. I've got to get him back. Uh, and, mate, I guess the other one that we need to bring up, and we brought it up every week for the last, you know, three months here is Victor Radley as well. So <laughs> uh, we've got to put the asterisk next to any game with the Bulldogs, as Stuart rightly points out on our Facebook group. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens against the Cowboys and even if he does – He's got to break even at 27 this week. So, I mean, he could get sent off and not hit that, or he could get 55. So probably one more week to have a look at him, but he could be an interesting one for an 18th man. Hey, the, but, um, the last time he played the Cowboys, he scored 52 in 71 minutes. It's going to happen, Mark. It's going to happen. That sounds about right. That's what I'd put him down for if I had to put him down for something. It would, yeah. Uh, Storm. Obviously, big news coming out of the storm that Pappenhauser not named again. Uh, no rush to bring him back. Nico Hines, sellers are kicking himself. Oh, he's... But uh, <laughs> you, you go. Yeah, no, no. It's just how handy is it, though, like having uh, Nico Hines sitting there when you're worried about Teddy and Turbo. Like there's no worries in the world. Yeah, mate. And, I mean, you're on fire. Uh, you were telling everybody not to sell him and uh, a bunch of people didn't listen to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, look where they've ended up now. No, oh, mate, yeah, just uh, non-believers. It's a good, oh, mate, it's a good lesson to everybody out there that you need to make regular sacrifices to the fantasy gods. <laughs> exactly. We repented. We did. We, we, you know, yeah, we, we uh, divulged our sins to the public and we were rewarded. Um, but, um, mate, uh, outside of Hines, I mean, Munster's a bit boring. Jerome Hughes, is has he been still good recently? I, I sort of... 
You know, he's one of those players, even though, like, he's I know he's a good player, I sort of don't really notice him. Yeah. <laughs> the just the Storm games him. are so boring to watch because they just belt everybody. Yeah, I know. Like, that's pretty much where all his points come from, just scoring a million tries mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, well, especially when you're playing lowly clubs like the Roosters and the Rabbitohs and scoring 70s and 80s. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who to, who's going to stop the Storm this year, but, um, I mean, from a match-ups perspective, Knights certainly not a defensive powerhouse. Cowboys, obviously, we know how good they are. Uh, Cleary, less Panthers. Um, they go into the Eagles when they should be hitting their stride in round 21, which is going to be an interesting matchup. But then Raiders, Titans, Eels, and Sharks to finish. So, I mean... Uh, this, I, I mean, a lot of the teams have, obviously were facing the Panthers with uh, with Cleary and Luai, which is not happening, which has toughened up their draws or or untoughened it now. But um, I mean, Hughes looks like a nice option, but probably feels expensive. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just don't want to pay eight hundred and fifty k for him. <laughs> I've just got this yeah. uh, like little, I don't know, little like something yeah. uh, in my mind that just says, <laughs> not that, no, I don't want to pay that much. No, don't do that. Uh, speaking of little demons on the shoulder telling you not to do something, obviously we put out a article yesterday, or I did. I'll take the I'll take the heat on this one uh, about Ponga, which has received a lot of uh, negative feedback. Uh, apparently, the people are not interested in my stats. Um, they're pretty mad about it, eh? Really? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Pong is going to be a fantasy gun. It's like, okay, well, you know, I guess the last three years, I guess, you know, the stats are wrong. Um, you know, and for those of you that aren't aren't following our Facebook, uh, basically the the thing is, so when Kalen Ponga kicks goals versus when he doesn't kick goals, for some reason he manages to average about like 12 points more per game when he kicks goals, even though he only kicks about seven points worth of actual goals. It's just attacking stats and, uh, you know, everybody's got their own theories and there's no concrete answer to this. Personally, I think it's got something to do with his confidence. Uh, but, I mean, it could be maybe the games he wasn't kicking goals. It was because he was carrying an injury, which might have hampered him. You know, there's a couple of different different explanations there. But, I mean, at 760K with a 71 break even coming off state of origin, uh, you know, is there any reason why anyone should be risking it on him this week? No, I mean, especially playing Melbourne. Um, I definitely feel like he can wait a week. Like, yeah, I was a little bit surprised when I saw that uh, <laughs> that um, article you wrote come out. And, you know, I, I can see where you're going. But at the same time, I still think, like, this current game really suits players like Ponga. And without oh, goal like, kicking... no argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, without goal kicking, obviously, he's not, he's, he's not going to be touching turbo, I don't think. But I still think he's probably in that elite tier. Um, you know, like, if Pappenhausen... Is doesn't come back, or if he's a shell of his former self, which honestly wouldn't surprise me, given some of these scary things we've we've heard come out from him. Um, you know, I could easily see myself moving Hines to Ponga instead of Pappenhausen, and I I don't think I'd be unhappy with that, especially with the Knights draw after Melbourne this week. Like it it gets pretty easy after this week. Yeah, well, I think we've highlighted on our socials that he actually the Knights have the softest draw of any team rest of the season. I think it's the Knights and the Warriors, so that's certainly going to make things interesting. I mean, it does bring in another player, which I've been trying to work out how to fit into my team, and I can't do it, so I'm just going to miss out on him, I think. And that's Tyson Frizzell. Uh, so he comes back this week after missing the entire Origin Series with his um, syndesmosis injury, which he should be good to go for the run home. But he was averaging 
like well over 60 points when he got injured. Yeah, he's so, another one. Yeah, he's another one that's uh, that's interesting. Like maybe if I wanted to skip uh, Papali'i and pot up on Brazil, that could be an option. Mm. But again, playing Melbourne this week, break even in the eighties, he's he's one you can wait on. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely, I'm 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 very very interested, and I I just don't know how I'm going to fit in. But I mean, uh, a lot of teams still have uh, Braley and or Connor Watson. My main head to head opponent has both still this week. Uh, it's an interesting lineup here. Braley's disappointing his owners, and there's sort of not really any better way to describe it than that. I mean, is Braley a sell? Because I mean, that's I'm assuming that's one of our questions at this point. He's averaging 59, but he's under 600k um, mm. just because he's second, you know, up until round 10, and then round 11 onwards may as well be two completely different players. Uh, just looking at it, um, you know, his last, you know, since. So since round 10, so 45 in 80 minutes, 39 in 80 minutes, which is very alarming, and then 42 in 72, 52 in 80, 36 in 80, even with a try-saving tackle, and then 46 in 74. So he's broken 50 once since round 10. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty alarming, and, yeah, I, I've, I've got him as a sell. Um you know, he, he might end up out of my side this week. Um, if not, he's definitely going to end up out of it next week, I think. Especially when you've got uh, guys coming back now, like you've got Marty coming back, you've got Appy Corusau suddenly looking like a tremendous buy, who I'm sure you'll get to. Um, you know, and even some of like the guys like Egan and uh, even McCulloch, I, I think, is is safer than Braley right now. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a shame. And I know you, you're probably ecstatic that you managed to get off when he was still over 700 but um yeah i think it's 750 or something i sold him out yeah that was one of your better moves this season for sure (laughs) (laughs) it's they've been few and far between so it's been nice (laughs) um mate uh, and i mean the counterpart to this is connor watson as well so he's Mm. um he managed to score his first try of the season last week, surprisingly and scored two in the same game against the surprise surprise cowboys poorest middle defense (laughs) Um, but, uh, I mean, moving forward, Watson's playing at least 40 minutes every single week. So he certainly doesn't represent, uh, an urgent sell to me. Uh, but I mean, is he, he's probably one of those luxury upgrades at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Well, again, he's someone that's in my side currently and on the chopping block this week, um, I've been tossing up over which one's the one to trade this week and which one's the next week trade in Braley versus Watson. Mm. And uh, it seemed like uh, from you and the interns, you all seem to think Watson's the trade this week. And, and, and look, I tend to agree. Um, I, I think he's going to be a very solid 18th man if you can hold on to him because he should average around 40 for the rest of the season, um, You know, given his, his minutes and his role. And it's such a shame because he really suits this sort of game. And... Um, he probably would be a keeper like we saw at the beginning of the season when he was you know, getting the minutes, but it's, yeah, it's just not going to happen at the moment. And yeah, unfortunately not a final 17 player, but look, could be a very good 18th man. Well, considering how much he cost you, like he only cost you 350 grand or whatever. So mm. it's a pretty good 18th man and he covers a, a tricky hooker position. Well, it's less tricky now, but it has been all season. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out anyway. Uh, Sunday games, so Warriors-Panthers. Uh, Warriors have 
Walsh, who um, you know had a really good game coming back. Uh, Fanua Blake, who snuck home, and I was absolutely sure was going to be suspended this week, but he's not. But the um, I guess the big news, and probably the news of the week, is uh, the Warriors naming Wolverine in number twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, what's going on there? What's going on, Nathan Brown? He he loves these games, doesn't he? Um, well, he likes. Yeah. I, I, he seems to enjoy naming players that are obviously injured and not going to play just to mess with people. I don't know what it is, but he does it all the time. He used to do it at the Knights all the time. Like he'd name, like he'd name Edric Lee coming back from injury or whatever, but then he wouldn't play. Like he'd name him, and then he'd drop off the extended bench at the twenty-four hour teams or whatever, and then he'd come back four weeks mm-hmm. later. And it's like <laughs> he was never playing. You know, like he's just there because he like didn't have enough players, or he's one hundred percent sure that he's going to roll with that. You know, the top nineteen in some capacity, and this is not even bothering. I saw Chad. Chad did a, an interview with um, the after the game on Sunday, and he was saying that um, he's going to get a bunch of needles and, and see if he can play, and, like give it a run through the week and see how it is, and if it's if it's running, he's he's going to play. Um, to me, that seems a bit selfish, though. I mean, the Warriors are on the cusp of the eight, so I mean, and this is the argument, or not the argument, but the point that I made today is. Um, it might be that, you know, Harris is one of those guys. He'd play on a broken leg. He'd do the Peter Wallace mm. and play with a broken testicle. He would, you know, and you just know he would. So, um, you know, maybe he, maybe he, you know, I can absolutely see, you know, the mail that we've got is, is, and I mean, you know, I'm taking this Warriors mail with a grain of salt after last week now. They're on my shit list. This bloody people feeding me this information about Harris that he was gone for the year. Um, but uh, it looks like Curran's going to start Tavago to the bench, which makes a lot of sense. Um, or Sirinan dropping out. Maybe it's maybe it's Curran into the back row and Torhu onto the bench and Sirinan out or something like that. I just can't see Torhu Harris playing 80 minutes in the middle or on the edge immediately after busting his shoulder when they've got that team where they've got Fanua Blake who can play 60 minutes, Egan's playing 80 minutes, Tavanga played 50-something minutes, you know, large, big minutes, 80-minute back rowers. Uh, maybe it's Katoa and Siren and only play 60 and, or, they, you know, they all play 50 minutes each. I don't know. They've got, you know, guys there that can that can play. Um, I mean, this Panthers side who they were been, would have been chalking up as a loss uh, looks pretty vulnerable, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and no, I tell you what, this has created a giant headache for uh, people who have hung on to Tohu, and that includes myself. I was, uh, I had Tohu penciled in as a trade out this week because I don't make trades during buy rounds because you know I'm a head to head focused player, so I just ignore it altogether. Um, but yeah, I had I had Tohu scheduled to be penciled out uh, to trade it out this week, and now I'm like, well, what 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 do I do? Because <laughs> like, um, you know, you I've basically got to wait now until Saturday night and see what the the updated team lists uh, are saying, or hopefully some information shakes out during the week. But the the Warriors are just notorious for being a little bit uh, shady with injuries, a little bit quiet um, versus some other clubs that are extremely open, like the Panthers are uh, one that are Mm. extremely open with their injuries. And, yeah, it's created a huge headache and not really sure what to do now. No. I'm sure there's a lot of people in in that boat, so I guess we'll come back to that. Uh, Panther side of the ball, it's all pretty uh, uninteresting uh, outside of Arpy, who I'm really, really keen on, and Matt Burton, obviously, who's uh, an expert centre being named at 5'8". Maybe they'll play Brent Naden or something in the halves to avoid playing Matt Burton there. 
Yeah, I was but, thinking. Um, uh, I was thinking Charlie Staines goes to five eight because you know he's played that fullback mm. before, and then Matt Burton goes to the wing because you don't want to disrupt the team. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, mate. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they don't just play Mitch Kenny in the halves or something like that. Well, Happy in the halves. Yeah, he used to do that at Manly. Yeah, mate. Yeah, anything to avoid giving the Burton owners what they want, which is you know I really enjoy that personally myself, but mm. I feel bad for them because uh, I I did tell them so when. You know, I've, I, I've started coming good on my Birdo tip recently, uh, so I am enjoying it. But we'll, uh, I guess we'll see what happens here. No doubt he scored three tries this week against this Warriors team, um, which in fairness I could do. But um, Arpy is an interesting one for me. So, I mean, I'm tossing up Arpy and, and Reed, and I'm, I've been leaning Arpy all day, and, and you might have talked me into Reed. I'm not sure, but we did put a, a piece up on Arpy. He... Um, Last season, in games where he played at least 70 minutes, he averaged 61.8 points, and that's exactly what he's done across the five games this year where he's played at least 70 minutes. Um, Mitch Kenny's been coming on in a like a lock middle forward type role and, and sort of swapping you know, with, with, with RP. Um, and I think they're going to need his leadership on the field. And considering he's only played one, two, three, four, five, nine games this year, you have to imagine he's pretty fresh. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope so, especially in a lot of those nine games. They've been resting him anyway and only playing him like 50 minutes and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, he's going to play Origin, but he's going to be off the bench. So you have to imagine that only looks like 20 minutes. Yeah, no, and, exactly. Um, they don't back up till the Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, what for, for you, what's your what's the reason that you went read over Arpy? Well, I mean, I explained this reason um, to you privately, but um, one for me is that I didn't want to triple down on Cleary not coming back. Um, I've already bought Matt Burton, so I feel like I, like selling Cleary, buying Burton, I've already doubled down. So tripling down would be buying Appy. Like as we've seen, um, you know, round twelve, or round fourteen, sixteen without Cleary, there he's he scored quite well. Um, round twelve, I guess you know, Lordy's rule, you put an asterisk uh, against the game against the Bulldogs. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my thinking, and just that, uh, like Ivan's shown a propensity for resting uh, Appy in games where they're actually where, where they're winning by a fair bit. I, I guess maybe that's not going to happen as often with uh, Cleary and Luai out. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a greater chance that Reed plays eighty for the foreseeable future rather than Appy. That's sort of my thinking there, and plus the fact that I've already got Burton. So, you know, like I'm, I'm sort of tied to a, to Panthers already, I guess. That's sort of my thinking. Yeah. Yeah, so it's more about the trust. You trust BA more than you trust Ivan. Yeah, at least when it comes to with, the hooker with roles. With regards to the predictability. Mm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I, I might even get both. I might just trade McCulloch out and get both and just YOLO it into the... To the breach with three trades left. I'll, I'll see how I go. That'll leave me one k and three trades left if I did that. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, living I, living I dangerously, mate. Why not? It's just a game. Just here for the fun. It's the way you play, isn't it? For fun. Certain. Are we all having? Are we all having fun this year? <laughs> <laughs> it's been so fun. Yeah. Um, speaking of fun, yep. Broncos versus West Tigers in the middle game on the Sunday. Uh, so that sees the people's champion Tyson Gamble in the halves again. Our Broncos off a shock win before the bye. Yeah. Uh, just what they needed after their really good win was a week off to completely stifle their momentum. 
Uh, mate, and um, who knew that Payne Haas was a halfback? Oh, mate, he, he delivers, uh, you know, try assists like they're going out of fashion, doesn't he? He's uh, oh, mate, absolutely slick. Was, yeah, it was pretty yeah, nice. Unreal. I was kind of jealous. Yeah. Mate, it was it was really nice. So obviously we see uh Haas name to back up. You have to imagine that's gonna stick. And um I mean outside of people that still have Tyson Gamble and uh and Payne Haas, it's all pretty boring. So I mean yeah. you're looking at buying Payne Haas at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's certainly on my watch list this week. I'll, if I don't get him this week, I'm probably gonna get him next week. I'm looking at uh Isaiah Papaliti, Reed Mahoney and um and Payne Haas, so I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to end up with two of those. I'm not sure who yet, but yeah, certainly on the watch list. And I'll, I'll give a little shout out to um, I think I think you put him on my radar, but Kobe Hetherington as a cash out is is probably a, a pretty good option. That was me. He's course, um, yes. there's a there's a bloke on Twitter. He runs or he's one half of the um, uh, what's that podcast called? Come back to me. Anyway, he was putting up videos of uh, a couple of the Broncos players, and one of them was um, Etherington and, and basically what he sort of adds to their defense. NRL Boom Rickies is the the podcast I'm thinking of. Um, so um, you know, just his he, the way he plays is it's sort of a pointed difference to some of these other guys. You know, like he's a a smaller, you know, more aggressive type of guy rather than a Payne Haas or a Reese Kennedy or a Flegler. Sort of a bit, sort of straight up and down. So hmm. he, um, I think he suits the new game. And and I mean, as a as a price point, obviously he's really um he's really cheap, two hundred fifty five k, break even a ten. But I think he's got a couple of good scores in a row there now. Thirty one and forty one is pretty good for a cash out. So hmm. yeah, I don't know if certainly. anyone's looking for a cash out at this point, but it'll certainly um he's certainly one. Yeah, absolutely. Could end uh, up being a, a solid eighteenth, nineteenth man with logic on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the West Tigers, pretty much fantasy irrelevant at this point of the year, uh, outside of our good friend Rob, who still has Luke Brooks somehow. Uh, <laughs> but um, finally time for Tukey Simpkins to make his debut on the bench right after it's, uh, you know, basically curtains for the Tigers and um, we can't get him for fantasy either, which is perfect. Thanks, Madge. Ruin his price for um, next season too, I'm sure. Absolutely, he'll probably get sixty-five with two tries off the bench, and then never come back because he's too good to make this Tigers team. Uh, but uh, I mean, Dane Laurie's there. A couple of people I've seen with him still in their team. He's kind of more, you know, where you just keep him for cover now. Or you know, Adam Dewey holders are they rejoicing right now? Aren't they? Oh God, Dewey! I saw somebody suggesting buying him for a wing fullback option today. It's like, do you do you enjoy getting a headache? Like what? What is wrong with you? It's like, like yeah. It's like oh, you know what? It'd be a really good idea if I stick my hands inside this oven that's been on for a couple of hours. That'd be really fun. Like you know, just don't do it to yourself, please. Oh. So much so, yeah. I'm so angered by that that I just want to move on to the next game. Oh, this should be a fun one to finish the week. West, oh not West Tigers, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Bulldogs. Uh, all the Rabbitohs guys named to back up, uh, looking pretty normal sort of team. Obviously, extended bench with the the Origin guys in there, but our man Gags is playing. Um, they've put me in an interesting, awkward spot this week because I've got my my cover 
for uh, my wing fullback is shifting Gagai into the wing fullback and playing Avrilo and Kelly in the half in the centers. But Gagai plays right at the end, and so does Avrilo. But Kelly plays in the first game, and Kelly would be the one who I would leave out of the three. And mm. you know, like I can't. There's no way for me to not play. Like I, if I if I play Avrilo and Gagai. And Turbo and Teddy both miss out. I'll I'll have sixteen, even though I'll have nineteen green dots because of the positions. So I'm kind of forced into like I've actually got to sit Avarillo this week and hope that Turbo or Teddy or both of them are rested, and then shift Gagai into wing fullback. <laughs> yeah, like, really so is basically. Funny. Yeah, it is. I'm like I'm looking at today, and I'm like I've given give myself a brain injuries. I'm trying to work out how to do it, and I can't. Um, so yeah, I just got to like play Brian Kelly and hope he plays really well, and Avrilo stinks, um, which is possible. Named against uh, next to uh, Lock and Lewis, and he's an interesting one, and becomes one of the I guess the question marks for this week is is he a trade? Uh, but I mean, is a is a floor player of thirty something somebody in your centres that you're going to trade out? No, well, I mean, he's still. I still think he's a keeper center. He's just probably not um, the elite option that we thought he might have been next to Wakem. Um, and I mean, you can't predict a bloke going to the pub and um, you know getting a schnitty and having a slap on the pokies, and then you know suddenly being out of the side. Um, but yeah, no, look, um, I guess it's, it's tough because, like, say you've got like I had a guy um, DM us on Instagram just before we started this podcast, and you know he's got. Um, I can't remember who was three. Who's, he's got three other centers, and they're all you know pretty solid. And he was looking, he was asking whether he should move Avarillo to to Haas, and uh, I found it hard to talk him out of that move. Like given that it's probably a, a twenty point upgrade, like when Avarillo's next to Lewis, um, it's just yeah, it's like it's it's a real tough yeah, well, one. That seems it. like if he's got three good centers, that mm. seems like an obvious trade to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's just a tough one. You, a lot of people have probably pay, paid a premium for Avarillo, and um, mm, yep. yeah, he's probably going to be like a low forties average player now. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, this uh, outside of him, I mean, the Bulldogs have got a couple of players in that tier below the the keepers. Uh, Luke Thompson, one who scored pretty well against the Roosters last week, fifty eight in fifty three minutes or something like that, and uh, Josh Jackson buyers finally have uh, been rewarded for their efforts uh, by the fantasy gods who mm-hmm. try to convince them not to buy boring players like Josh Jackson and they've now been rewarded with him playing on the edge. So Trent looking Barrett at hates this, your fantasy uh, team, team list, he absolutely does. It, no, but he loves my fantasy team, just hates everybody else's. Mm. The However many percent of people that decided that Josh Jackson was better than Jason Tomalolo. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, last week, who knows what's going to happen. They could do anything. Here, Stimson could start and they could push Jackson. I don't know, but I um, I bet you there's a lot of people getting around with regrets at the moment about buying him. Um, no regrets. No. <laughs> that and the trade shortage is uh, it's going to combine nicely. I mean, uh, there's a couple of guys we skipped in this Rabbitohs team, Jaden, not Jaden Sewer, uh, Cameron Murray and uh, Damian Cook being the two majors. Um, obviously, Cookie's going to be backing up from Origin. You think he won't play 80 and, um, you know, Benji Marshall will come on and play 
30 minutes of hooker. Um, and Mars likely play reduced-ish kind of minutes. You'd have to expect, if not, miss out entirely. Um, but, you know, heading into the run home, both of those guys look like really good options. Mm. Yeah, for certain. Um, you know, I, I bought Cameron Murray just before the buy, and, yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I'm a bit disappointed so far. It's only been one game, but hopefully he backs up. I, I tend to think he will, like, given its you know yeah. origin on a Wednesday, and he's playing on an edge mm. too. Um, and he didn't play 80 in game two, so I have to think that probably continues. Um, and then, yeah, got the, the backing up on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, I could definitely see him getting reduced minutes. Like if the, uh, you know, once the Rabbitohs, you'd assume, are up by a fair amount of points after a certain amount of time that he gets a bit of a breather. Yeah, although the Bulldogs have been probably better than what you'd expect this year. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see, oh, like the last couple of weeks, like they've been good and bad. Like, depends which Bulldogs team turns up against. This Rabbitohs team went to Golden Point with Tigers. So, you know, there's no no guarantees with them. Mate, uh, jumping into our points of discussion, mm-hmm. uh, let's see if we've uh, we've missed anything here. So, um, Ryan, how much cash is too much cash to have in your emergency coming into – last round, especially if it's injured guys with no concrete return date. So so I guess what he's asking is how much, you know, what what's the maximum value of players you'd have as red dots in your emergencies before you started moving them on? Mm, yeah, well, I mean, it's a tough one. It really depends on how long they're actually out for. Um, that said, like, mm. if you're in head-to-head finals, if you're in head-to-head finals, uh, honestly, like, anyone over 600K, I'd, I'd probably be moving on. Like, say, like, you've got a pang eye at, like, 650, right? Say he got suspended round 22, you're in a an elimination final and you're head-to-head, I'd be, you know, flicking him. You know, that oh, type of absolutely. thing. Like, even Tohu yeah. Harris. Yeah, like, even if it's... if Once you get to the head-to-head finals, um, I'd, I'd say if it's one week out and they're over 600K, I think they're worth moving on. Yeah. No, I um, I wouldn't put a price limit on it. I'd put an amount of time limit on it. So, mm. like, anything more than, like, a third of the games that are remaining, you can probably just move them on. Uh, so, you know, what are we now? There's eight games. So if they're missing three from now, they'd be, they'd be gone type of thing is what mm-hmm. I, uh, more like, you know, if they're missing two games, you can cop that and, you know, you can play a Verils for two weeks or a Dunster and it probably only costs you 20, 30 points. Um, but you don't want to be hanging on to that, you know, indefinitely. Uh, if you're low on trades, is it wiser to fill your team with keepers, quote unquote, and ride out the season or hold in case. So I guess what they're asking is, you know, let's say you got a Watson or a Braley or or someone like or a McCulloch who's not quite a, a gun, but you've only got limited amount of trades. Would you recommend just hanging on to those guides or upgrading them to elite options and praying? Um, look, guys that are capable of hitting fifties, like say a McCulloch. Like I think a McCulloch's definitely worth holding. I think a Watson is probably worth moving on. But for the most part, I'd be looking, like, say, like a McCulloch, right? I'd be definitely looking to hold him because, you know, 50 points from McCulloch is going to be worth a lot more than, you know, like, say, a Tohu Harris sitting on your bench as a red dot. Like, you know, let's just say he's a red dot in, like, for the rest of the season. It probably won't happen, but let's just say, you know, I I think having that 50 points is going to be a lot more and being able to trade out a guy who's 750K is going to be a lot more useful than going, say, McCulloch to Reed, you know, like which is theoretically a 10-point upgrade. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's the thing is there. That that trade costs you 10 points, but if it means you cannot trade somebody who's injured later, 
uh, and it's costing you, you know, like let's say you run out of trades in three weeks or two weeks uh, and you got to go six weeks with no trades and and your depth gets eaten up straight up. Like, mate, it happens in the flash of an eye. These, you know, before you know it, you got 14 guys in the last two rounds because you didn't, you know, and then you'd be praying for a McCulloch 50 instead of, you know, that, you know, you got three fifty-five or sixties, and then and then nothing from that guy because you ran out. So, I mean, it, there's a dice to be rolled, and it probably just depends on how much where your rank is, where you're sitting on your head-to-head ladder, all these questions. But I mean, as a general rule, points is better than no points. <laughs> yeah. uh, in years in years past, the makeup of scoring bench tended to be lock and hooker heavy. What would you see as an ideal setup slash trend, and what does your setup slash trend look like at the moment? Okay, um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, look, currently, look at my my final team. I'm probably looking at something like um, maybe one hooker, like say McCulloch on my bench, uh, and then either like one or two dual position guys, like a like a, say a Cam Murray, mm-hmm. and you know, like a Papali'i type of thing or whatever, and then that final yep. spot probably either a wing fullback or a half. Honestly, um, you know the wing fullbacks are have gotten to the point where it's worth keep having four <laughs> currently. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, I've got just in my emergencies, like if I have set my team up properly, I've got Ben Hunt, who's the dual half hooker. Probably. Well, I'm going to be upgrading Marju to to a gun, whether it's. Reed or Appy or whoever else. Um, so I'd say it'll be a hooker, a half hooker, and then a, another half. <laughs> and then I'll have a, a mid and an edge, and one of those guys will be my 18th man. And then I've got in my emergencies, I've also got a half, a center, and a wing fullback, and a bunch of jewels in my starting team or my bench so I can sort of shift people around if I need to. Mm. So I guess the as a general rule, what we're looking for is, is jewels and um, – and the best scorers possible rather than, you know, I think in the past it's been more we chased safe points and base stats, Hmm. whereas now we sort of seem to be chasing ceilings. Yeah, 100%, because I I feel like more than ever now under Vlanders Ball that ceilings are more attainable than ever. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you just got to look at how many players have joined the 100 club this year or multiple 100s this year, and... um, Hmm. Yeah, Pong has done it and he's only played like two games. So, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly you're looking for ceilings and, and it's not so much, oh, you need to have base stats. It's just, you know, you know, tries can be part of their base if it happens. <laughs> so it's becoming our favorite saying. Um, is there any point in having more than one red dot and, uh, have dual players ever been more important? Well, in regards to the dual players, no, that's, so they obviously, They've, I don't think they've ever been more important. No. But, I um, mean, regarding the red dots, I mean, I'm of the opinion you should have none uh, where possible. Yeah, well, I mean, in years past, uh, you always sort of wanted, like, that one, like, 228K to, to loot. But in this year, it seems green dots are the, um, are the more valuable thing. Uh, that mm. said, I'm probably... Going to target a, a red dot looper by the time the head-to-head finals start, just because of mm. the amount of trades like I've got up my sleeve. Like I've still got that ability yeah. to to move on a keeper, um, to move on a red dot if I'm in a pickle. Um, you know, like I, I could probably afford to have that red dot because like, there definitely is value there. Like if you can loop a guy, like have um, 
you know, like say your position, like you say you've got it like an Avarillo and, you know, a, a Kelly and you want to loop them to have like a red dot center. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 there's definitely some value there to be said. It's just that you've really got to be careful this year with the, um, with the propensity for, for red dots um, every given week. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like at the moment, I've got 20 green dots and Marju who I'm planning to upgrade. But I mean, now I'm wondering, would it be worth keeping Marju this week so I can loop, like I can loop Fanua Blake and Tyson Gamble? Or so? oh, no, well, Marju plays in the first game, but no, I'd be able to do that via Reese Walsh as long as I did it with somebody who played earlier in the week. Oh, like say Harawira Naira, I could loop Harawira Naira and Fanua Blake this week. You know, that might be worth it. But, I mean, I'd be projecting both of those guys to get about 50 points. So, and I'm, I'm assuming that somewhere in my list of green dots is going to be a rest between Moses, Teddy, Turbo, Gagai, Ben Hunt. You know, a couple of those guys I'm figuring are going to be rested. So, I guess I'm kind of assuming I'm not going to – I'm going to have a red dot by the time that rolls around. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be actively trying to get a red dot unless you say you got – like you, you got plenty of trades left and you're, you're looking for a uh, – an advantage in a head-to-head final. Hmm. Uh, Austin wants to know where we riot for uh, Torhu being named on the extended bench. Um, well, I mean, if you could find uh, where the Warriors are located in, in South East Queensland, I think that'd be a good place to start. Oh, they're on the Gold knock Coast, on... aren't they? Oh, are they? Oh, well, there you go. Go and knock on uh, Nathan Brown's door. Yeah. and <laughs> Well, every riding. other Kiwi that's in Australia is in the Gold Coast, so that's why I just figured they were going there. <laughs> Um, mate, uh, over to Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I've held Pappenhausen the whole time. Oh, poor bloke. <laughs> is it time to let him go? Yes, it is time to let him go. Yeah, I'd say it's time to let him go. Unfortunately, like yeah. even if he's even if he's back next week, like like I've, there've been yeah. talk that he's gonna you know come off the bench as well. And honestly, mm. some of the stuff he's been saying that um, you know like he felt like a shell of his former self and you know just could, couldn't get out of bed like it's honestly scary stuff and you know it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he's a little bit off um to start and not the pappenhaus that we saw at the start of the year so i'd, I'd, I'd say it's time to let yeah. go yep let him go um who averages the most out of coruscant tomololo or cook and oh, who averages more out of watson and braley oh you <laughs> <laughs> you can have the second part um, yeah, now, mate, uh, flip a coin on Watson and Braley, I reckon. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have to say, if if I had to pick one, I'd say Braley just because he's going to get double the minutes, what I does, but, I mean, who knows, yeah. honestly. Chase the ceiling, though. I mean, Braley's ceiling yeah. showed us at the start of the year, though, so who knows. Um, the first part of the question is more interesting. So I have Coruscant at about 60 I've Tom Alolo at about 55 and I've Cook at about 60. So I guess maybe one of the first two, if you need a player this week, though, I mean, Coruscant's 40 grand cheaper. Coruscant, uh, Cook's, well, like, we know what his role is or we think we know. Yeah. He's in revenge mode this week, playing the Bulldog. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he says, or he also says, or anyone under seven hundred k. So I mean, if you don't have Reed, maybe it's Reed. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd probably say Reed or Arby, but um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've stated my reasons why I'm going for Reed. Yeah, yeah. Pick pick your favorite player out of Arby and Reed. If you're a uh, Queenslander, go for Reed. If you're a New South Wales supporter, go Arby. Show your allegiance. 
You know, um, you know something we don't we don't talk about something we don't talk about just quickly. Um, but like one of my favorite tiebreakers, like if I can't split a player, like at the end of the day, I'll just pick the guy that I, I would prefer to watch. Like if I had Tamalolo and oh, Josh Jackson, absolutely. like pencil for the same average, give me Tamalolo because I know I'm going to yeah. enjoy watching him a lot more than Jackson making fifty tackles. You know. Yeah, it's it's exactly the reason why I sort of skip over Tolman every week because I don't want to subject anybody to watching the most boring footballer ever invented. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, like he's he's uh, obviously does a job for the Sharks, but I mean for fantasy, he's just boring. And like I've owned him, and he's boring. And I just I couldn't like you know that's not like my team's packed full of guys I like watching. So I recommend yeah whoever you prefer to watch or yeah I like I like Ryan's idea. Um, oh, here, Tomo, he's, he's playing right into my wheelhouse here. Best mid under 500k. Oh, no, don't, don't say. <laughs> Victor Radley is the, the answer to the question you're looking for. Victor Radley. Victor Radley is the man that he's the man you're looking for, Victor Radley. So, um, I honestly couldn't recommend in good conscience, anyone other than him, unless you went all the way down to Kobe Hetherington. Yeah. Um, There's, they're which, the only two players under 500k in the mids that I would recommend to anybody. Yep, I agree. Yeah, uh, I think that is it. Oh no, I missed Twitter. Hang on. Sorry, Twitters. Um, how many pods do we think you need to win a comp? I'm assuming you mean a head-to-head comp. Um, that's honestly like I feel like pods are a bit overrated. Uh, honestly, like that's exactly I, the words that were going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, my goal every year is to just pick the top scoring seventeen I can, and I know that one of my opponents isn't going to have all of those seventeen. So if I if I have the best scoring seventeen, I feel like I can I can beat you know most people in a head to head league. So that's usually my strategy. Yep, and Ryan's the expert here because he is the gun head to head player. He I've, I've I've seen him rake in more money. Than the uh, the brothel workers at the Townsville V8s, mate. He's an absolute <laughs> weapon for it. So he's a uh, he knows what's up. So yeah, no, just get the best players you can. Chase the ceilings. It would be more than chasing a pod. Chase a player with about the mm. highest ceiling. You know, go for your you know your Ben Hunts, your Sean Johnson, David Fafita. You know these sorts of guys that have these huge ceilings. That's what you want. Ponger, even you know, as much as he's you know, I've been sort of ragging him a little bit. You know, he has a huge ceiling. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd be chasing. Uh, loving the pod, thanks, Jeff. Uh, what are your thoughts on nuffs? Uh, is it better to have depth and avoid the nightmare by a- nailing your captain? Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe he's a super coach guy, but I think in fantasy that sort of makes sense as well. Um, I would say depth's more important than uh, looping guys at the moment. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I'd say depth. Uh, that that said, like depth's more important if you're running low on trades. Um, like, like again, if you've got enough trades where you can make one a week up until the end, then as long as you've got a solid seventeen, then like I, I think that's um, that there's something to be said for that too. Mate, you are the only person on the planet with enough monk-like discipline to have more than ten trades at the moment. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody has more than 10 trades aside from you. you Patience, Grasshopper. 
Patience. <laughs> you are. Only you and the teams that make the team halfway through the year to try to chase those like monthly prizes <laughs> and shit. The snipers. Just did you see the one um Yeah, the, the team of the week? Top, the team of the week is like nine hundred and eighty seven. It was literally just all the best players from this round and nobody else. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah that name. was great. It was great. Had Ikavalu uh, and Alex Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Left field pick. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, there's a there's a lot of there. Okay, so um, so if the Storm get a couple of games clear on top, then dot dot dot. So I guess what he's sort of asking us to do is is I make a couple of predictions for like if an eventuality happens and what the fantasy repercussions might be. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, for example, I might say if the Storm get a few games clear on the top of the ladder, Brandon Smith might get reduced minutes leading into finals because he's been work like a dog the whole year because Harry Grant's been out. Yeah, certainly. Um, wouldn't even surprise me to see, you know, say Hughes and Munster get like one week off each, given that like if once if mm. Pappenhausen's playing fullback, Hines can slot into the Haas pretty comfortably. Easy so. peasy, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, nah, the the Brandon Smith will be the big one, the fantasy relevant one. Uh, I could see him getting some time off. Uh, not not like he won't not be named. He'll just play like 30 minutes a couple of weeks and it'll just completely mess up everybody. <laughs> um, that's if the Storm get clear. The thing is this comp's so tight at the moment. Um, Storm's really the only team that's, you know, I mean, they're tied with Panthers at the moment, although I don't anticipate that to continue. Um, but yeah, no, I just don't see that. Um, I mean, the, if the Raiders make fi- finals, then X will be fantasy relevant. I don't think anything changes on their side. Same with um, Graham and the Sharks. We've sort of covered covered that. So, um, I think it's. Uh, I think with the Storm, with the Storm, it's more likely that they probably play everyone up until round twenty five, and then in round twenty five, everyone rests, like nobody plays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say um, it's more going to be relevant for teams dropping out of finals contention and um, debuting yeah. people. and But you won't see, like, even if the Titans start losing, they're not going to drop David Fafita out of their team or, or you know, that sort of thing, That you know, because they're part of the plans for the future. But you might see something like uh, Matt Moylan might drop out or Sean Johnson might drop out because he's going to the Warriors next year if the Sharks drop out or... You know, they might, mm. um, you know, like what we're seeing with um, uh, the the Broncos, you know, even if Pangai comes back, if he's going to Bulldogs next year, but that Broncos ask him to stay for the entire year, you know, it might be that Pangai comes off the bench and, and they leave Rabadi out on the edge to give him a crack. You know, stuff like that would be more what I would be expecting. Um, so, and that's more of a reason to look at guys like Angus Crichton, Jason Tomalolo, Payne Haas, Andrew McCulloch for feeder, because you know exactly what their role is every single week, you know, these type of guys, and you don't have to worry about that sort of stuff. So Reese Walsh is an interesting one, like if the Warriors end up dropping out. But, I mean, that would be more like you'd think they want to leave him in there if the Warriors end up dropping out. So even then, you know, I couldn't see him being in any, in any immediate danger really. So stick to the brand names and avoid the Aldi brands is what you're saying. Yeah, don't go Aldi. Shop at Woolworths. Um, compare Ryan Madison and Jaden Braley's rest of season projections. Ooh. Well, you're the matter. That's such a headache for me because Madison, I mean, I have Madison projected at 55 to 60, but I Brad Arthur's really making that hard for me to feel confident about that at the moment. Um 
looking at his recent history, 59 minutes, 70 minutes, 70 minutes, 53 minutes, 59 minutes, 74 minutes, does not fill me with a massive amount of confidence. Um, I mean, it might be maybe he's my 18th man and I play both Fenua Blake and Harawira and Ira. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm at the point where I don't know if I should be playing Tyson Gamble over Ryan Madison this week. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, no, seriously, a... seriously, you know, Tyson yeah. Gamble, he's been scoring really well, and they're playing the Tigers, who suck. Yeah. You know, he's he's the lead half. He might be goal kicking this week. You know, and like I I'm in a must win head to head this week, and I'm mm. looking at Tyson Gamble, who's got 61, 51, and fifty two the last three weeks, and then Ryan Madison, who's taken a big shit on my lawn. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I'm so confused. And you know, like, Brian, it, I'm playing Brian yeah. Kelly over Jake Averillo this week. I don't, I don't, yeah. Like, help me. And the last time we saw Tyson Gamble against the Sharks, he kicked for, what, 350 metres or so, and Brody Croft kicked for under 100. So, yeah, yeah like it 128 like run metres, 335 kick metres. That's beautiful from a half. And, you know, the Tigers are not a good defensive team. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so no. Co- I'm so confused. I don't know what to do, Ryan. Oh, mate, I'm with you. I, I feel like... Um... Gamble could uh, be better than Madison for the run home, which is in- incredible to say. Uh, but it just well, doesn't okay, seem... Okay, so here's a question then. We're talking about this depth versus quality thing, right? Yep, yep. So at the moment, so like I've got guys who are definitely keepers in my team. You know, the the starting side's all pretty much set. Plus I've got Kelly, Dunstar, and Gamble as my emergencies, and I've currently got Marju. Do I look at running some sort of because I got three hundred and thirty k in the bank that was originally designed for a Marju upgrade? Do I save that trade, keep Marju there as my looping option, and spend that three hundred and thirty k upgrading, say Madison and McCulloch, and turning them into two absolutely elite guns at that point, and just you know strengthening my top seventeen, keeping the looper rather than buying that depth? Look, I, I couldn't talk you out of it, especially when you say you're in a you know a must win head to head. You're struggling, you know. You're fighting to get into the eight. Like I think you're tied with like three other teams um, yeah, in that eighth three spot. Three teams so, tied for eighth, and then one that's one win in front of me, and one that's half a point behind me. Yeah, so I mean, you're really fighting to get into that top eight spot. So look, I could really see the value there. Like I don't think um, Madison's an eighty minute player anymore. Like he hasn't been, he hasn't played eighty minutes since round mm-hmm. ten. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, I, just for argument's sake, if we're looking at options there, instead of going, um, instead of going Marzu straight to uh, Arpy or or Reed, if I go like if I went for, and here's the next question, like I'm looking at, I've now got Fanua Blake with Torhu Harris floating around, but he's fine for an 18th man to loop around with Tyson Gamble. Uh, now, if I go McCulloch and Madison out, you know, like we spoke about Frizzell earlier, who's, you know, 60 average before having the really soft draw. I mean, I know we said we sort of having a look at him, but I like Frizzell as a pod over um, Papali'i. Uh, I think they average similarly. You know, I've still got 829 grand. I could bring both of them in. I could get Papali'i and um, Frizzell this week and just really, and then I'd still have 100K next week to upgrade Harawira Naira to a you know, Damien Cook or something like that. Oh, that, that that's very tempting, isn't it? That's uh Yeah. A couple of maybe I do options. maybe I do keep a maybe I do keep a looper. 
<laughs> oh man, I don't know. I just I didn't even consider that until now. But all these questions about keeping one red dot, maybe I'll think I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. Just do it, mate. Do it. I'll just yell yeah. it. I've only got five trades left. I'll spend the two, have three, and just you know, we'll just you know, we'll limp it into the finish line like Jack Sparrow on his boat at the start of the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> that I'll, has be to saying, be the I'll be worst. captaining Hayes Dunster by the end of it. You have to be the worst fantasy coach I've ever heard of. I'm awesome, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's quite in the movie, mate. Relax. Um, oh, 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 oh. I just uh, got it. Okay. Yep. All right. Mate, we've got to, we've got to cover um, two two more questions before we tie okay. it up. Yep. Um, so uh, Captain Matt Barbosa mm-hmm. uh, wants to know, is it true that you are surviving lockdown by breeding and feeding birds? And how far away are you from going full Wilson? Oh, look, um, any rumours of my growing of a bird army are greatly exaggerated, and um, that is my official line. <laughs> you won't be speaking anymore on the topic. But um, just, you know, if that was the case, uh, you know, I'll, I will be revoking everyone's fantasy trades and taking them for myself when I am the one in charge. Um, <laughs> Isn't that what you've already done? Isn't that how you got to 11? <laughs> Are the yes, birds, like, sweeping into people's rooms at the middle of the night and stealing trades and depositing them in your account? Is that what's happening? Lock your windows. Yep. <laughs> oh, how funny. All right. And then we've got a question in from the OTL Fantasy Podcast. They're good blokes. So if, I'm assuming everybody that listens to us also listens to them, but if you don't, go and check them out. They're good. Um, all right. Here's an interesting question. So we're doing a NRL Fantasy Draft in 2020. Two, mm-hmm. you're on the clock at the one ten. So on the clock means it's your turn to pick for anyone that's not up with the draft lingo. So the players that are off the board already: mm-hmm. Cleary for feeder, Turbo mm-hmm. and DCE, Pappenhausen, Ponga, Angus, Harry Grant, and James Tedesco. Who are you selecting? Oh, uh, well, look, uh, probably. I know I've got um, Belent picking at one pick behind me, so you'd have to snipe Jerome Hughes, wouldn't you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's a tough one. Is Tohu on the board or did you say he's gone? Tohu is on the board. Yeah, I'd probably grab Tohu. Yeah, Tohu's on the board. Cameron McInnes is still on the board. Ooh. Yeah, someone actually flagged him, uh, which I thought was a a nice outside-the-board Option, mate, on, on average, is Ruben Garrick should be going before Harry Grant at the moment. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I mean, um, uh, how much weight are we lending to Naheem Hines at the uh, – mate, Cook's still on the board. Yeah, you can have him, mate. You can have him. What, what about Wade Egan? Uh, Payne Haas is still on the board. Mm, yeah. a couple of good options there. Well, there are some good options. Hmm. The world's your oyster. And you assume you, if, if we're doing the snake, you get the next pick as well? Yeah. Well, it depends how many people are in your league, obviously, but sure. Because hmm. there's a thing with draft, you've got to f- factor in that positional scarcity as well. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, edge is a very thin position. So, if, I mean, if you can grab mm. uh, if you can grab one of the dual position guys, it's pretty handy. Yeah. I, I, I quite like Tohu Harris. Um, I mean, if Ryan Madison departs the Eels this year, and maybe that's something that we haven't waded into our is our into our options is is Maddo maybe leaving, and that's why they're uh, they're giving him the stink uh, in terms of the minutes. Maybe Papali'i. Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, 
I, I think I'd be going Cameron McInnes, though. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem like a solid option. Um, yeah. I guess. The yeah, hooker. Just, yeah. Uh, I guess you just don't really know what his. 100% what his role is going to be at Cronulla, but you'd assume he's playing 80 minutes. Yeah, he's, he's looking like it's going to be a lock because, I mean, they've just, you know, put Blake Braley on for a couple more years. So hmm. who knows? Gosh, it's, uh, there's a lot of options there. I think the first, like, two and a half rounds would be really good. It's after that is where you start hitting trouble. I mean, Reed Marnie even, he's averaging in the mid-60s this year, uh, playing 80 minutes, so... Mm. And I mean, but and I mean, coming back to my trades as well. That's the question: is is it worth bloody investing money in a guy like, let's say, Frizzell when you know him and Reed are averaging the same? Mm. Um, and I've already got Fafida, Harawira, Naira, and Crichton there. You know, but yeah. And in previous years, the hookers was always the way to go. But I mean, this year, you know, a guy like Frizzell, who's a hard run running, you know, damaging edge back role, maybe that's the direction you're going. I don't know. There's so many choices. Yeah, I know. It's hard. Yeah, it's a big week. And, you know, it, it, all this musing from me, uh, I guess, has, has given you a glimpse into the fact that, um, you know, uh, ultimately, you know, everybody does the same thought processes. And what we're sort of trying to do is uh, is, is uh, teach you guys more than tell you what to do. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of people inboxing us. Um yeah, if you're going to send us a message asking a question, it's, hey, you know, I'm thinking about buying this player. What do you reckon? Not which player should I buy? You know, um, throw in a little bit of a, oh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I've done a little bit of looking and I think, you know, Reed's going to average 60. What do you reckon? You know, like something like that to like, you know, start doing a little bit of the, you know, obviously I know we all need help and even Ryan and I, like we message each other constantly basically in our group chat um, you know, about stuff. So I, like it's, um, it's, yeah, you always want to bounce your ideas off people. So, mm. um, yeah, and no, I definitely, uh, my words of encouragement for you would be, uh, you know, obviously we've had a, a long season and there's still a third of it to go somehow. Oh, man. Into the, yeah, run home. <laughs> can't wait. I just can't wait to, uh, for Origin to finally be over. We're back to regular scheduled footy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I reckon that'll just do us. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy the uh, State of Origin tomorrow. Oh, Jesus, it's tomorrow night. And then, um, yeah, into the, the round of QRL over the weekend. Love you guys.